Hello and welcome to I Don't Know The Podcast, episode 46, Another Most Haunted House. Where would the most haunted house in Britain be? An old Tudor castle? A converted Victorian mental asylum maybe? No, Britain's most haunted dwelling is a rundown council house in the middle of a squalid estate in the Grab and Dre city of Pontefract, West Yorkshire. 30 East Drive is home to the Black Monk, the most violent poltergeist in the world and ghost of an executed pervert priest. The last family to live there were forced out by the terrifying activity in the early 70s. Since then, a stream of paranormal investigators have reported horrific events, even causing some to have to change their underpants. Is this haunting real? How convincing is the evidence? Why does the ghost keep beating the shit out of Carl? I don't know. So listen on to find out what else I don't know about another most haunted house. The town of Pontefract in the northern county of West Yorkshire dates back to Roman times. It has a castle that looks rather run down and nothing like the grand and beautiful castles we have in southern England. It's a pretty nondescript place, probably best known for the Pontefract cake, which isn't even a cake. It's just a piece of licorice cut into a round shape. But Pontefract is known for something other than worst supposed cake ever. 30 East Drive. It's the home of the world's most violent poltergeist. In the early 70s, the Pritchard family moved into the house and were greeted with some spooky goings-on. Pools of water formed on the floors. Lights turned on and off. Pictures were slashed as though with a knife. And along with these terrifying events was the appearance of a dark figure in a monk's cowl. After a few years, it became all too much for the Pritchards, and they left and never returned. But the house has been opened up to a succession of paranormal investigators, so let's see if their evidence can shed any light onto this mystery.
The Haunting of 30 East Drive gained such notoriety that a movie was made about it. When the Lights Went Out, it has a 22% approval rating on Rotten Tomatoes and 5.3 rating on IMDb, despite getting mostly positive written reviews. It also gained the attention of Britain's most famous ghost hunting show, Most Haunted. They went to Pontefract in 2015. This is a long time after their psychic, the late Derek Okora, was exposed as a fraud and a charlatan, so he isn't in this. But such was the activity they experienced. They made this investigation a two-parter. I will not do that, however, as they drag it on a bit and repeat a lot of shit. It might be average for Pontefract, but in my neighbourhood it would be definitely be below average. That could not be my home. The decor is horrible. But the most haunted team are in the squalid hovel and shit goes down from the moment they arrive even when they're recording their intro. Someone threw a marble at Carl, and as a vet said, it was full on pelt. It did happen off camera because the camera was pointed at Yvette, and while it was quite interesting, I'm not sure it warrants the full five minutes of Yvette demonstrating where the marble came from and its trajectory towards Carl. But that is what they do. And then they run an uninterrupted intro and the investigation begins proper. Probably not cocaine.
not a great place to keep marbles then. How do they know it was holy water coming from the walls and not just water due to substandard plumbing installed by Pontefract Council? Is holy water a different colour? Does it smell like priests? I, I honestly don't know. But anyway, this wasn't your usual poltergeist. This was a particularly violent one. How could it get worse than that? They tried to find out by talking to one of the neighbours, an unkempt looking sort who I suspect actually enjoys Pontefract cakes. I think this is the immediate next door neighbour. The house is a semi-detached house or what American listeners might call a duplex. So the two houses share a central wall. It would be difficult for the ghost not to wander into the wrong place by mistake. Oh, nobody wants a monk in the house. I didn't know what a fitment was, so I had to look it up. Apparently a fitment is a fixed piece of furniture. I guess like a built-in wardrobe, as a normal person might say. If I lived in a house where things fly around and smash everywhere, I probably wouldn't put expensive clocks at the top of the stairs. I keep all my valuables in a fitment probably.
I would have been out of there way before the bee shit. Police don't do shit. Oh, they're great at giving you a ticket for driving a Toyota RAV4 hybrid a few miles an hour over the speed limit. But ask them to investigate poltergeist activity and they're useless. That just sounds like an argument. Not even top goo scientists could tell what the gunge was. The neighbour goes on for a while longer, detailing more bangings, monk sightings, and describing the general shoddy workmanship used to build the houses. Then it's back to Yvette. That's Carl, and what he's talking about is a large kitchen knife they found between the cushions of a sofa with the blade sticking up. The footage from moments before show that no knife is present it's a good thing Carl spotted it or someone could have given themselves an impromptu vasectomy. Or worse. What they show here is an upstairs window. There's definitely movement there, but it's impossible to tell what it is. And something else happens when they're setting up the cameras in one of the bedrooms. A little figurine drops onto the bed, but the footage makes it look like someone off camera just threw it there. But they set up cameras in all the rooms, and Yvette and Carl start doing their rounds. Then they start to hear knocking. After some gentle knocking, Carl has got a bit spooked and starts acting like a scared little baby. 
They don't leave. And Yvette starts asking the ghost questions. And Carl starts hearing whispers. Then everyone starts hearing whispers. None of which can be heard on the soundtrack. Since they don't know the ghost's name, they write down the alphabet on a piece of paper and get the ghost to knock when they touch the correct letter. Of course, if the shame Derek Okora was there, he would have been possessed already and declared himself to be Dick Luncheon Meat, the fourth Earl of Pontefract, and then he would have assaulted a vet. But he isn't there. Using their tapping board, they find out the name of the ghost is Carl Antony, and he was a priest. Then they ask if he has a message for them. Big words for a guy who was blubbing about wanting to go home earlier. But now they know who they're dealing with, they set up EVP sound equipment everywhere and get more into the investigation. Another marble has rolled off the bed and down the stairs. That could be dangerous if someone stepped on it. Then the knocking starts again. Sounds tough. To be honest, I think there's more chance of them getting stabbed outside in the housing estate. They talk some more about how scared they all are and how this is the most they've been afraid on the show ever. All the while, there's knocking, and some of them think they've even been touched. I'm not sure that's a good idea, but they turn the lights off anyway and they send poor Carl upstairs on his own while the rest of them stay in, in the kitchen.
Maybe he's been skipping the cardio. So while scared Carl is investigating upstairs, the screen splits so that we see Carl on one side, Yvette on the other side. And it seems Yvette has it in for Carl. The door right next to Carl just slams shut. Now he's just jumping at everything. Andy's had enough, running down the stairs three at a time. He joins the others in the kitchen and says there's no way he'll be left on his own again. He's probably sweating because he's a 50-year-old man who just ran 100 yards quicker than Usain Bolt. And despite Carl being terrified, Yvette decides to turn the remaining lights off. They wander around together in the dark, and it seems that cameraman Stu has caught whatever Carl has. None of them look like fitness freaks, but they still shouldn't be panting after walking a few steps. Yvette doesn't seem very concerned about Stu's possible imminent stroke. In fact, none of them are. They ignore Stu and keep asking more ghostly questions. But they don't get any answers, so they check back on Stu again. I think Stu is just hung over or something, but now he has a chair. The rest get back to ghost bothering.
He's kind of asking for it there, isn't he? And it looks like another member of the crew has caught the lurgy. That just sounds like a normal day for me. Oh no, Carl's down. He just dropped to the floor and he's still unconscious. And now he's having some sort of fit. Jesus Christ, they're a heartless bunch. Poor Carl dropped like a stone and started flapping around like a fish. And their first thought is, did the camera get that? He's still on the floor and he does not look good. Yeah, he's just a trip hazard now. I think it's a safe bet to say that none of them are medically trained. That's Carl making those high-pitched noises. The electric's gone out. Carl is on the floor making weird, sad monkey sounds. And he wants a towel? What good is a towel going to do now? But Carl does recover. He sits up, has some sips of water, and the rest of the crew go back to thinking about themselves first. They are all terrified now, except Carl. I'm not sure he knows where he is. Well, most of the guys stay in the kitchen, 
and have a who's got the biggest headache competition, Yvette and another guy do an EVP session. It's very boring and goes on for a very long time, and they don't manage to record anything even vaguely resembling a voice, so I was a bit surprised when Yvette said this. They did not have any communication. But it's her turn to be physically attacked now. She means she could fall over, not explode or anything like that. But while Yvette tells everyone that she's not a pussy like Carl and she won't faint, something spooky happens. Someone turned the tap on. Or, for American listeners... Someone turned the faucet on. Since you can't see, and I should clarify that he is talking about the tap, he's turning it on and off. And while they're all marvelling at indoor plumbing in a northern home, something else distracts them. It's a ball! I think I know the answer to that. They carry on investigating. Since Carl has miraculously recovered from his seizure, him and Stu go upstairs and the others remain in the living room. What was that? It's just a brush. Let's hope Carl and Stu are faring a bit better upstairs. Oh shit, both Stu and Carl have been hit with something. Except Carl's being a bit less of a baby about it. They don't look like rope burns. It looks like they've been hit on their forearm with a bamboo cane. And I question Stu's pain threshold.
What a wuss. They really are exaggerating this. I've received worse injuries from my daughter. Actually, thinking about it, I really have. She hits me so hard. I wonder if she's playing or not. Can't be right that a 26-year-old hits her dad like that. But I digress. They keep going on about these suspicious markings for a lot longer, with Carl and Stu moping around and Yvette squawking at the top of her voice. But they calm down and just go back to being sad and scared. Stu looks so scared he's thinking about retiring and starting a sage farm. That would be an exorcist. I have a feeling these decisions were made when Carl and Stu were in another room, and I don't see the need to put them through any more torture. It's a small house and they've been attacked in every room. But off they go and decide to jeer the angry poltergeist again. I didn't hear anything either. Carl and Stu carry on walking around in the dark and bumping into the equipment. It got Carl again.
if I was in the dark with Stu and I suddenly got hit in the head with something and Stu turns around and he has that something that hit me in the head in his hand, I might be a little suspicious of Stu and maybe question his friendship. Yeah, Stu, that's where it came from. It was quite funny. I guess Stu missed him with that one. Well, it is dark. But Stu tires of his picture frame shenanigans and they move on. Is it Carl's revenge? Whatever it is, they hear it downstairs. After you. It's good to know that even if someone is upstairs being attacked by an evil spirit, there's still time for good manners. It's a massive set of keys, but these aren't house keys or car keys. They look like a prop from a dungeon scene. Such a force. It's almost as if Carl threw them at him. bit like that time I went to Manchester. They never say this sort of thing when they're staying at a stately home or a haunted five-star hotel. And with that, they leave, probably to a more comfortable and better decorated place, like a travel lodge or their van. Episode 46.
Anonymous Taunted House The Epilogue So, what have we learnt this week? We learnt that if you bring marbles into a house, then someone's going to throw them around. We learnt that manners should always come before concern for your fellow ghost hunter's welfare. And I learnt what a fitment is. Now, while a lot happened in this investigation, everything happened off camera, even though they set up fixed cameras and mics in every room. All right, some ping-pong balls moved around in view of one of the cameras, but if you want to discount drafts or tremors from traffic, you should use something with a bit more weight. Also, since this is a semi-detached house, I can't help but think that some of the knocks and sounds they hear are coming from next door. And most haunted have a pretty bad track record when it comes to faking evidence. They were actually taken to court once, and got off because the producers put a disclaimer that the show was for entertainment purposes. While no one lives at 30 East Drive anymore, anyone can actually spend the night there. Anyone who has a spare £250. Because the house is owned by the guy that wrote, directed, and probably edited the movie When the Lights Went Out. That being the case, there are loads of ghost hunting videos on YouTube of people staying there, they're mostly just couples sitting in the dark putting the shit up each other. So it's also a little suspicious that the most haunted managed to get all this supposedly amazing activity when they don't even stay overnight there. I'm not convinced. So I guess the only way I'll get to the bottom of this is to go there myself, as soon as travel restrictions are lifted. I'm more than prepared to go to Pontefract, having once stayed at Pontins in Southport. I will not eat the cakes there though. Having watched a lot of the videos of 30 East Drive, to be honest, for me, the scariest thing about that house is the carpet. If you enjoy this podcast, then share it with your friends and let me know. Join the Facebook group and the Instagram, and you can email me at I don't know pod at outlook.com. Special thanks to our logo creator, Raymond Roel of Project Raven Creative. See all his links in the show notes. Thank you for listening and come back next week to find out what I don't know. Good morning, Mr. Jones. We've been waiting for you.